Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here with us today. Now, what we're going to be doing is continuing on in our series of bad psychological advice. Today's episode is going to be focusing on listeners' responses and things that they said in our Facebook group of psychological advice that they had received that they thought was particularly bad. If you would like to be a part of the discussion, you can join our Facebook group. It's in the link in our description below. The way that we pose the question in the Facebook group is, what are some things that you've heard that's just plain bad advice or even hurtful advice? And we talked about in the last episodes how it may be from a very good place, that people maybe give some advice with really good intentions behind it. But having good intentions doesn't mean that it's good advice. And it may even be good advice for maybe a certain situation, but it doesn't mean that it's great advice in all situations or in your specific situation. And I would say that that's the case for the first piece of advice that we're going to talk about today. So the first piece of advice someone was given was to make amends with family members that insult me and disrespect me because, quote unquote, they're your family, especially parents. I think this is one of the pieces of advice that can be very situational. Ideally, yes, we would love for you to make amends and have restoration within your family. And I think some people definitely don't put enough effort into trying that. And so if there are ways in a healthy way to make amends, then for sure, go ahead and do that. But just from the comment that we're responding to, it seems like maybe this is not the case. And that's where good advice from a really well-intentioned person maybe doesn't fit the situation. If you're coming from a family that is abusive, whether it's physically, it's emotionally abusive, or even emotionally unhealthy, maybe it's not to the stance where you would call it or label it abusive. But if it's an emotionally unhealthy situation, that blanket statement of just make amends because they're your family can certainly be bad advice or even hurtful. And I think that making amends with people just because they're your family isn't a good reason. Making amends because the other person is willing to try or willing to shift or willing to alter things or willing to admit to their own wrongs that makes it a very different type of situation. But just because they're a family doesn't mean that they should have extra freedom to abuse you or to treat you poorly. Now, the Bible says that we should honor our mother and father, but I don't think that extends to the idea that you should just 
sit there and let them constantly or chronically abuse you or treat you poorly all the time. I think in the midst of that, you can still be honoring to them, but not necessarily forcing yourself to be subject to their bad behaviors towards you. And so actually it is interesting because on this post, we had the one person saying that it's bad advice to make amends with people just because they're your family. And in another post that wasn't related to this one, somebody else was talking about a similar situation where they had felt a calling from God to make amends and to try to connect and to have a better, more healthy dynamic in relationship with them. Now, that person had kind of indicated that it was a tough road. It wasn't the easiest of things. But just like you were saying, Ruth, it's important to have an understanding that everybody's situation is not exactly the same. One person feeling a calling towards doing one thing may not be the same thing that you should be doing. But I think we as human beings, we like things to be simple. We like them to be straightforward. And, oh, hey, this is the answer you should always choose. You should always try to make amends. Or you should always just cut toxic people out of your lives. Unfortunately, it's not always that simple. A lot of times there can be a ton of nuance that goes into choosing one way or another. But I would agree with what this poster is saying. Making amends with family just because they're family and no other reason should not be a be-all, end-all of, yes, that means I need to make amends here. Right, because allowing them to insult and disrespect you isn't the most loving thing to do in that situation. It's not loving to yourself and it's not loving to them because you're allowing them to continue behavior that is hurtful and harmful. And so I would definitely say for yourself, being able to protect yourself and set boundaries and that idea of honoring your mother and father, it doesn't mean just honor them just in the way you speak and give them lip service and say yes to them and be okay, but it's honoring them in your heart. And so if you're in that situation and they're continuing to insult and disrespect you, even if you feel like, okay, the most honoring thing to do is I'm supposed to sit there and just make amends. That's not the case because if you were to put yourself in that situation again and again, you aren't able to honor them in your heart because most likely you're going to be cursing them in your heart if you are in that situation and they're doing that. And so sometimes the most loving thing to do really is to love them from a distance or set some boundaries, whether it's physical boundaries where you're not in the same place as them or emotional boundaries. But I would absolutely agree that it's not this end-all be-all, you have to make amends because they're your family. And I think a lot of times, especially younger adults can struggle a lot with their parents because they don't transition from that parental role of I'm in charge of you and I'm telling you what to do and how to live your life to more of that friendship role of I just now want to maintain a connection. Now you're an adult and you're making your own decisions. And if you want to seek my advisement, I'm happy to give it. But instead, they stay in that just direct parental role, even after you're an adult. And what they don't realize that they're doing is they're being disrespectful and condescending to this adult child who is trying to make their own path and live their own life. And that a lot of times what that does is it causes that resentment to build up in that now adult child. And they want to distance and not be around that because it's uncomfortable or just parents being outright disrespectful. Because when you're a minor, the parents really have a lot of authority and they have a lot of leeway and they can do a lot of unhealthy things that aren't necessarily technically abuse, but there's nobody to kind of check them on that. And so if nobody's checking them on that bad behavior, the bad behavior just kind of continues to progress and progress and progress. But then now once you transition into an adult and you don't have to be around that anymore, a lot of times they're surprised if there is pushback because they have been for like 18 years just treating you however they wanted to. And now all of a sudden you're an adult and you're out on your own and you're pushing back on that. A lot of times they take exception to that because 
they have been able to have these wildly inappropriate behaviors and not be checked by anyone. And to add on to this, I think a lot of times where people begin to really cut these ties, and this may be a whole episode on its own, but it's when they have children and they begin to really consider, do I want to put my children in this situation? Even if maybe those family members aren't disrespectful straight to your children, they are now being witness to this. And that's where I see a lot of people say, you know what, I want to teach my children that they don't have to subject themselves to abusive or disrespectful behavior because, quote unquote, they're your family. Because although they could stand being insulted and disrespected, they now have this extra level of protection over their child. And they're like, in no way will I allow this other person to treat my child that way or to subject my child to seeing me being treated that way. Or sometimes it's even just the realization, I would never treat my children this Mm -hmm. way. How could they have treated me this way? So this now adult child who's raising their own children is now looking at it and saying like, hey, this is not okay. I thought this was normal because this is what I grew up in. But now that I'm a parent, I would never do this to my children. So how could my parents have ever done that to me? One of the interesting things is that our own perspective and our experiences are very important to what we categorize as normal. And so I've definitely had plenty of clients who've told me that, especially when we're doing EMDR, where we're working on stuff and they're like, yeah, the realization point for me that my parents were really unhealthy was when I had my own kids and I started Mm -hmm. looking at how they treated me versus how I treat my kids and recognizing I could never do to my kids what they were willing to do to me. Right. And I think you can go one of two ways with that, where you can continue in that behavior because you feel like, well, you know, I'm entitled to it or this is just what I've learned. And so this is what I know and I'm going to continue it. Or you could do the opposite and do what Tim said, where it's like, there's no way that I'm going to do this to my own children. Now, also, just as a word of caution here, one unhealthy when you swing to the opposite side of that is not necessarily healthy. A lot of times the opposite of unhealthy is different unhealthy. What actually normally is the healthy thing is what ends up kind of being more down the middle of the road. And so if your parents were hyper strict and they didn't let you do anything and they always gave consequences and had rules for everything, that's one side of unhealthy. But then swinging to the other side of healthy, letting your kids do whatever, never having rules, never having consequences, that's also unhealthy. The middle of the road is being able to have clear rules and boundaries that are reasonable, but then also having grace and compassion when those rules aren't always met. And that leads us into this next thing. So the next commenter said, my family, mostly the adults, were causing my emotional pain. They would always say, get over it. I grew up stuffing my feelings down because I didn't know how to get over it. Gratefully, I knew it would not be how I'd deal with my own children's emotional pain. And I think when you think about this idea of just get over it, especially when the person who's caused your pain is telling you to get over it, they're telling you to get over it because they don't want to deal with the consequences of their own bad behavior. And then they're leaving it to you to say, hey, you just now need to solve this problem that I caused. And the difficulty with that is, especially if you haven't given them the tools on how to get over it, then basically what they end up doing is stuffing it. And I think normally that is what the parent wants them to do. Hey, I don't care what you do. Just don't make the fact that you're upset now my problem. So you just eat those feelings, whatever you have to do to not make me have to deal with it, then go ahead and do that. Yeah, I think this is a great example because she just said at the end that gratefully I knew that's not how I was going to deal with my own children's emotional pain. 
So just like the last piece of that advice where just make amends because they're family. Allow them, you know, to insult you and disrespect you. This is another case where it's the family, the people that really should be protecting you the most and are the ones that are causing this deep-rooted pain. A lot of times in EMDR, when we are going back and we're working on the target or the memory from childhood, this is one of the realizations that I think people kind of have this like aha moment where they recognize the very people that should have been protecting them have hurt them. And then they continue to see that theme throughout their life, whether it's in friendships or in relationships or in their marriage. And so then you can see that pattern of kind of that emotional dysregulation and not really understanding how to deal with it and then allowing people to continue to hurt you. And I do like how she says that here. I grew up stuffing my feelings down because I didn't know how to get over it. And that's something we talk about all the time on here, that it's so important to teach your children how to process through their emotions, right? We always use the analogy of the beach ball where you blow up this beach ball and the best way to deal with those emotions or feelings is bringing them to the surface. And it's much easier to control them and manage them that way than if you are trying to push it underwater because that beach ball will pop up somewhere else and all the work that it takes to keep that ball underwater and not show anybody else and then it pops up somewhere else. That's a lot of work. And so really teaching your children, how can you bring those emotions to the surface? How can you figure out, first of all, what are you feeling? What are your emotions? And then learning how to deal with them in a healthy manner. And I do like, Tim, what you're saying about a lot of this could stem from a place of they just don't want to deal with the problems they've now created. And it's very much like maybe you go on some tirade and their feelings are really hurt. But instead of acknowledging that and instead of saying, gosh, I'm so sorry I yelled at you and talking about the issue and, you know, not letting them get away with whatever problem it is, there's still consequences for that. But taking the consequences for your own actions and acknowledging that and apologizing. But instead, what happens in these situations is, well, I yelled because you did this. Or this is what happens when you, whatever the case is. And so instead of taking that responsibility, what they're doing is really minimizing their emotions and their feelings. So like Tim said, it doesn't become their problem. They kind of push it back on the kid and say, well, this is your fault or you got to figure this out. But we have to remember they are just kids. And yes, they are capable and there is so much they can do. But it's also our job as adults to walk them through and to guide them. And I think watching people be parents gives you good insight into how they would be a dictator because they are basically a dictator as a parent. They're in absolute control. And are they going to be fair in that role or are they going to work everything to their own benefit? And if you cause your child emotional pain and then you tell them to just deal with it themselves, you'd be that unhealthy dictator who would work all things to your own benefit versus being more of a benevolent dictator. I am in charge and I am fully in charge but I'm going to do things that are good for you and on your behalf, even if those things don't seem so pleasant right now. And one thing I think parents say sometimes is, you're already six years old. You should know how to whatever the situation is. But I like to rephrase that to myself and remind myself, not that they're already six years old, but they're only six years old. And it helps to remind me that 
gosh, we as adults have taken years and years to get to the place we're at. And we're still not all emotionally healthy, right? We're still not able to fully manage our emotions all of the time. And so reminding yourself instead of, gosh, you're already six years old, just get over it. Rather thinking, they're only six years old. How can I help them through this? How can I teach them to manage that emotion? Because like us as adults, it's difficult. It's difficult to control your anger and your sadness and your jealousy and your hurt and to push through when you're afraid. And if I think back to, okay, six years ago, how old was I then? Even then it was difficult. And so to think, okay, that child's entire life, they're six years old, they shouldn't be able to manage all of these on their own. And so just remind yourself to keep in perspective what your role is as a parent and what their role is as children, that it's not their job to handle all of this on their own. All right, you guys, we're going to end there with today's episode. I know that was a quick episode But we're going to come back next time and we're going to finish off the bad or hurtful advice by reading a couple more comments that we've received in the Facebook group. So we hope this episode has been helpful and has blessed you. And if so, we would love it if you would share it with someone. So have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.